The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Walking around, coming to the sound, forget your down. is your vibration right now could it be higher there are so many factors affecting your vibrational energy the outside the words of others our own self-doubts it's time to raise your vibration and increase awareness you've entered the awareness marketplace with your guide and host michael daly life throws us a lot of curveballs but we can face them and keep moving forward Today's show will include your participation and some amazing guests. Now, here's Michael Daly. Good morning and welcome to the Awareness Marketplace here. It's a beautiful Saturday morning and uh, I'm very, very grateful to do this show because just a couple of days ago I I didn't have a voice and uh, my voice, I lost it and I had a sore throat and I was going, oh, I can't do this, but... I'm sure that what we're going to talk about today is um, partly the reason. Um, I, I have to remind myself sometimes that you know that we actually are having um, spiritual. We're spiritual beings having a human experience, and I have it up on my uh, website, which is spiritualcreatingthislifetime.com. Um, I have that reminder. It's the headline that we are uh, spiritual beings having a human experience. I also have a picture. Um, of a person with a box around their head and the caption is, can you kind of see outside the box? And, uh, you know, it really reminds us what the show today is about because the sh- today the show is about alien um, encounters, um, alien abductions. And um, I really am very, very privileged to have um, a-, a guest who is one of the foremost researchers and authors on the subject today. Um, some impressive... Um, Highlights of her biography are that it says here that Kathleen Marden is a leading UFO and abduction researcher, author, and lecturer known all around the world for her cutting-edge exploration of alien contact phenomenon and UFO cover-ups. Her interest in UFO dates back to September the 20th, 1961, when her Aunt Betty Hill encountered a flying saucer in New Hampshire's White Mountains. This incident led to the journey of exploration, leading no stone unturned to find answers through scholarly work, investigation, and social research. Uh, Kathleen is associate with the Mutual UFO Network and is the director of the Experiencer Research and Foundation for the Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters. She's a recipient of the Mutual UFO Network's 2012 UFOlogist of the Year Award. And Kathleen has written uh, three books to date, uh, Captured, The Betty and Barney Hill uh, UFO Experience, Um, Science uh, Was Wrong, which she co-authored with Stanton D. Friedman, and The Alien Abduction Files. Um, Her fourth book is due this fall, and Kathleen has appeared on a host of national 
um, TV programs and speaks internationally as well. So with, with that ado, um, I'm going to welcome you this morning, Kathleen. Are you out there, Kathleen? I am, and it's great to be with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for giving up your time. It's a, it's a very personal subject to me, which uh, I'll talk about later on in, in the show. But uh, beginning with, with, the beginning for you was uh, the famous um, Betty and Barney Hill um, case. And can you just kind of give the listeners some um, outline of what did happen there and why this case was, I was reading how this case was very important um, at the time to raise the consciousness of alien abductions. It was. I was 13 years old when this occurred in 1961. My mother was the first person that Betty called, and I was uh, at home at the time. I'd arrived home from school that day. And Betty told us about the experience she had. She and my uncle were returning home through the White Mountains of New Hampshire, uh, They from a vacation to their home on Port, uh, in Portsmouth on New Hampshire's seacoast when they had a close encounter with a flying saucer, as they called it in those days. It came so close that it appeared to be a giant pancake just hanging in the sky. They estimated that it was 60 to 80 feet in diameter as it hovered only 200 feet above their vehicle. They had to stop the car in the middle of the road, and my uncle stepped out and looked up at this craft through his binoculars. It was uh, round, and there was a lighted row of windows that they could see that seemed to encircle the exterior of this craft. Uh, My uncle walked into a field following the craft as it moved toward this field and descended to within 100 feet of him. Uh, Through the binoculars, he could see a group of non-humans looking back at him and he became terrified because he then thought that he was about to be captured. He ran back to the vehicle, screaming to my aunt that they had to get out of there. Uh, The craft followed him back. It was over the car as they drove down the highway. And he told my aunt to roll down the window to see if she could see it. She was expecting to see lights. There were no lights above. There was only blackness, even though it was a bright, light night. The moon was uh, about three-quarters full, and um, there were no visible clouds in the sky at that point. Uh, She rolled the window up, and she said to my uncle, I think that it's left. I don't see it. And just as she said that, they heard a series of code-like buzzing sounds striking the trunk of their car. It caused the car to vibrate and a tingling sensation to pass through their bodies. At that point, they seemed to have entered an altered state of consciousness. 35 miles down the road, uh, they heard another series of buzzing sounds, and they remembered almost nothing of what had occurred in the interim between these two sets of buzzing sounds. Um, They had a vague memory of encountering a roadblock. They had a vague memory of observing a fiery orb that seemed to be resting on the ground. They thought that it was moving, but they were not moving. They had a need for human comfort, and they started to look for 
a police officer or a restaurant that was open. Nothing was open at that time of night. Uh, they couldn't find a police officer. They drove on to their home on the seacoast, and when they arrived home, they realized that they were later than they had anticipated. There was also evidence that something had happened. My aunt's dress was torn in several locations. It had been in fine condition when she put it on that morning. The hemline was torn down on one side. The lining was torn from waist to hemline. There was a two-inch tear in the stitching along the top of her zipper, a one-inch tear in the thick zipper fabric. My uncle's best dress shoes were so deeply scraped on the toe section that he had to purchase new shoes. The watches they were wearing that night had stopped and never ran again, and there were shiny new spots on the trunk of their car that caused a compass to spin and spin, indicating that there was a magnetic field there. Also, the binocular strap, the nice leather strap on my uncle's binoculars was severed, uh, probably because he pulled them from his eyes so violently he was terrified and running back to that car to try to escape from this craft that he thought was going to capture him at that point. Um, It was a couple of years before they ended up finding a hypnotherapist. They did contact the Air Force, and they made a Project Blue Book report. They did contact the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, and they made a report there. Uh, Walter Webb, who was an astronomer at the Hayden Planetarium in Boston, investigated their case. And there were also others who investigated their case. It was to remain confidential. They were prominent people in their community. My aunt was a social worker for the state of New Hampshire. Barney worked for the post office. He was very active in the NAACP. He was uh, legal redress. And he and Betty were also very active in the civil rights movement together. In 1964, he was appointed to the U.S. Civil Rights Commission's State Advisory Committee for the state of New Hampshire, and he also received an award from Sergeant Shriver for the good work that he did in helping to set up the Rockingham County Community Action Program through the Office of Economic Opportunity. He and Betty worked together on that. So you can see they were well-known in their community. They certainly didn't want to be thought of as a couple of kooks, and unfortunately that is the perception that we've been Mm -hmm. uh, conditioned to Mm -hmm. have on people who report these kinds of experiences. And and what sort of news coverage did the story get at that time, Um, Kathleen? What sort of – was it – you know, was it big news? Was it? I mean, the, the media is, is very different today, but was it well covered? Um, the story that, broke as a result of a violation of confidentiality in 1965. It was published for five days in the Boston Traveler. My aunt and uncle okay. thought they'd lose their jobs. They yes. didn't. They were able to keep their jobs. Uh, people who knew them uh, received it very well, but there were also disinformants and people who were highly skeptical, course, who made unkind remarks. Uh, the, they permitted John G. Fuller, who was a journalist for the uh, Saturday Review, mm-hmm. to uh, write a book 
about their experience. He was also an author. And that was a number one bestseller. Uh, mm-hmm. It was published in several different languages. There was a lot of public interest in right. this book, but over the years there has been a great deal of disinformation that has uh, totally distorted this story. And this is yes. part of the reason that I do what I do today, uh, because I do have the documents, the documented evidence indicating that they had a conscious, continuous memory of this close encounter and, ob- and my uncle observing these non-humans and that and th- they were not kooks. And thank you for you know, mentioning that because I'm going to talk a little bit. We're going to come up to a break pretty soon, but I'm going to talk a little bit about break, my experience and then we're going to talk about um, how you know, um, experiences in general have the shame that we keep um, we should, we're kind of, I'm going to read, I was reading your, your book, your um, book called The Alien Abduction Files. And I think you started off where we were kind of living two different lives, one a very public life and one a very private life where we're dealing with all this. And uh, indeed, that's one of the focuses of today's show. So um, I just have a question. I, I, I'd written it down earlier. How do you see the media uh, today, um, Kathleen, with all the different media outlets we have today, how do you see the media as covering UFO stories? Is it... You know, is is it is there a lot of cover up there? Is there a lot of fear? Is is it because you know I was looking during the week? It says wacky tales from Wednesday, and they, they show a UFO story. So, how how do you see the media as covering UFO stories today? Yes, unfortunately, um, many media outlets, particularly in the mainstream, think of this as wacky tales or uh, weird stories. Mm-hmm. Even yes. the Huff- Huffington Post has weird yes. news. And Lee Spiegel is a a prominent reporter, journalist, uh, who uh, was instrumental in the early days of UFO research and and speaking uh, before Congress and at the United Nations, that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. And uh, he is the writer, but that's the only way we can really get out an accurate story in the mainstream media um, is, is through weird news. Yes, uh, exactly. I think I part. saw Weird Wednesday, Wacky Wednesday stories, and then they had uh, alien abduction. So, all right, we're going to come up on a break, and right after the break, then I'm going to share with you a little bit about my experience, uh, which I, I've had all my life, and um, and then we're going to talk about abductees in general. And by the way, are you comfortable with the word abductee, or is it experiencer a better word? Well, I prefer the word experiencer yes. because when I think I of abductee, well, some people are abductees. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. This isn't something that they wanted. They were traumatized. But mm-hmm. experiencer is a catch-all term which covers everybody. Right. And you, you know what? I've grown from an, an abductee when I was very angry about all the stuff that was going on to an experiencer as I've got older. So um, I, I do agree. Um, there's kind of maybe a reason for all this happening. All right. We're going to take a break and um, lots more to be discussed right after the break. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Sometimes in the busyness of daily living, we can forget who we truly are as spiritual beings. 
with intent and purpose fueling our goals and dreams. Remembering begins with navigating belief structures, family or cultural expectations and history so we can find our way. Listen in to Timeshare with host Marie Jackson. Marie and her regular contributors discuss life's questions, challenges, obstacles, and rewards, all bringing us to the spirit of who we are. Timeshare with Marie Jackson can be heard live every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave. Sit back, relax, breathe. Reconnect to the still, small voice within. Take the time to make a weekly visit to the sounds of the heart with host Sandy Goldstone. This unique program will help you cultivate and strengthen your heart's connection and feel love, beauty, and joy. You don't need to fear or suffer. Heed the call. Say yes to living from the heart's truth. Tune in live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Join the evolving consciousness of humanity. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are tuned in to the Awareness Marketplace. To reach Michael Daly or today's guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to awarenessmarketplace at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back to the Awareness Market Space, place where my guest this morning is um, Kathleen um, Marden, and she is the author of the book, uh, which one of the books I'm, I'm looking at today, it's, it's the book Captured, uh, which is the Betty and Barney Hill UFO experience. And I, w- I would like to say, uh, Kathleen, the book is really, really detailed and goes into great details after the event, which I found very, very helpful. Um, and I, I, I just... You know, I, I really would recommend it to anybody who wants to read and find out what happens to people who do have abductions afterwards. Because so it doesn't just mention, and it's not a chronicle of the abduction itself, it's what happens afterwards. Um, and, and this is where I'd like to relate kind of my story. Um, I actually had, as a very small child, I, I, I made about four or five years, remember myself and my sister talking about the spacemen who we could hear every, every night. And they'd come and they'd have like high-pitched walkie-talkie voices. Um, as a teen, as I got older, um, basically every night I had different experiences with, you know, creatures, some, some reptilians, some half-humans coming to my body. I remember uh, totally being frozen, my body being totally frozen where I couldn't move it. And that was the, the scariest part of it all for me. And then as a, as a man in his 30s, I remember one afternoon coming back from college and just lying on the couch and hearing this kind of like a sonic boom. That's all I can describe a sonic boom. And then the next thing I knew is I was on a craft. I was very, very angry um, at the um, participants of the, uh, of the encounter. And I was I remember telling them, you can't do this to my body. You can't do this to my body. But I remember they inserted uh, a large, um, it was like a large needle. And it was an, on top of, round about my navel area. And... Uh, 
you know, I, I've got really, really good recollections of all that. And I wonder, um, when someone goes through things like that, Kathleen, what sort of um, phobias, fears, or um, health uh, issues do they report afterwards on, in general? Most people become frightened of falling asleep. Yes. So uh, they, 74% of the individuals who participated in uh, a study that Denise Stoner and I did in 2012 stated that they had difficulty falling asleep and a slightly uh, smaller percentage had difficulty remaining asleep throughout the night. Um, that was a phobia, a phobia of going to a certain location uh, where they might have been taken uh, in the past. Also, uh, there is often a phobia of owls and of okay. deer, because okay. those are the two most common images that individuals see before they are taken. And it's often a giant owl, maybe five feet tall. Uh, sometimes it's a rabbit as well, but um, the one most common is an owl. And under hypnosis, people will discover that uh, it turns out to be uh, a gray entity, what we right. think of as the grays generally. Right. Right. Uh, also, with illnesses, we found that 37% of experiencers who participated in our study had chronic fatigue and immune dysfunction syndrome or chronic mononucleosis. This was a formal medical diagnosis, whereas it was less than 10 or 1% in the general population. Also, about 10% reported that they had migraine headaches, and it's much lower than that in the general population. So we found these uh, elevated illnesses as well. Right, and, and, and um, I, I, I've dealt with people who uh, experience like high-pitched sounds in their ears at night and, um, you know, just dreams. Because for me, I, I used to kind of, I kind of put it down that it's a dream. I, I, I just kept telling I'm having these bad dreams. Um, but I really knew they weren't dreams as a child. And um, so how many people do you, would you say struggle? Is, is there lots of people who are struggling with they're having experiences, but they don't want to uh, bring them to the forefront? Yes, absolutely. Uh, at the Mutual UFO Network, my team has received a 1,000 reports in the past year and so many people are looking for support groups or some kind of help, someone to talk to about this. They're not looking for publicity. They right. are truly distressed by this and, and are just trying to learn how to cope with it. Right. Is, do you find, is there any reason why some people um, remember their complete experiences? I mean, the one I had, as I said, in my 30s, I remember it. There are other ones as a child that I know something happened because I woke up and the bed was totally messed up. I would be sleeping the wrong way, and I know something happened, but I can't remember. Do you know we why some people... have... I'm sorry. Sorry, we go ahead. We do not have an answer for no. uh, why some people remember their experiences and mm -hmm. others do not. We know that the majority of people remember some of it. Just, right. uh, you know, it might have been the craft, it might have been the non-human, it might have, be, have been being awake in bed and realizing that there were non-humans in their room before they became paralyzed. Um, 
and then they don't remember uh, the experience on the craft. But we don't fully understand why that occurs. Interesting. And, and, you know, I work with teenagers. I work in a public school setting. And what I see is I see uh, teens drawing like UFOs, drawing flying saucers, drawing, um, you know, uh, drawing different things that I recognize as, you know, alien experiences. And I'm wondering, um, have you ever interviewed children or teens um, about their experiences? I have not. Um, I... That is a little bit of a touchy subject because you have to uh, have the parent's permission. The parent has to be with them as well. I I tend to stay away from that. Mary Rodwell, researcher in Australia, works Mm -hmm. primarily with children. Right, right. And, yeah, I'm I'm familiar with Mary's work. I'm just wondering, um, for me, there's a lot of kids out there who are having experiences but don't have an outlet. You know, and uh, obviously I can't have my class say, today we're going to talk about the aliens, but I, I do notice with, with a lot of um, students that they, they do need, they, they want an outlet to talk about it um, to others. And they, they talk amongst themselves, but they're, in a way they're looking for kind of an adult to um, validate them and their experiences. And um, so that, that's it. So uh, fears and phobias. Um, I also have a, a big fear of spiders and um I'm wondering if that is is anything to do with my experiences. Well, I think the general population has a big fear of spiders, too, in Uh general. So I'm not certain that it has anything to do with your experience. I was trying to to link my experiences to my phobias and get a a free clinical uh, segment from you here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... um, um, my, my question is about implants. Um, what, what do you? What have you found out about implants? What, what exactly? I, I'm wearing a, a thing right now. It's, it's so funny, Kathleen. I'm wearing what's called a Fitbit. It's one of those trackers that uh, tracks a person's steps during the day, and it, it's one of the most uh, alien-looking devices devices you could imagine because it uh, it looks very, very like something you'd see out of a 1970s movie. Um, what do you know about implants and how they affect people? Well, um, at MUFON, we investigate this, and uh, what we do is we, we use a very strong magnet. We place mm-hmm. our finger on the suspected implant and move the magnet over it. Oftentimes, we'll feel a fluttering or a little bit of a vibration uh, if uh, that person is brought uh, near a microphone at the same time, they might hear a very loud uh, hornet-like buzzing in their head. Uh, we also have found that there is an elevated level of radiation coming from these uh, when a Geiger counter is passed over them, not enough to harm the individual, but higher than the ambient environment. Um, Dr. Roger Lear and Daryl Sims are the major researchers on this, and uh, Roger Lear unfortunately has passed away. But he found that these implants have highly unusual properties. They seem to be coated with some type of a substance that prevents the body from rejecting them. They're connected to nerve endings. They appear to have... uh, their own uh, mind, so to speak, when a surgeon attempts to remove it, 
uh, it will sort of run away from the surgeon, say it's in your hand, the surgeon attempts to remove it, it might move up your arm to try to escape being removed. Um, Dr. Lear found that one of the implants he removed uh, would uh, broadcast into deep space. They appear to be made of a crystalline material uh, of meteoric origin and also rare earth metals. And uh, they are far more, it's nanotechnology, that is far more advanced than anything that we have here on Earth. Those are the findings that I have to date on Mm -hmm. this. And MUFON is just beginning to look into this. Two of our experiencers have had implants removed, but what we discovered is when they were placed in serum, uh, which is the way to preserve them so they wouldn't self-destruct when Mm -hmm. Dr. Lear was alive, uh, they now self-destruct. They dissolve in the serum before they can get to a laboratory. So uh, the ETs or whoever is doing this seems uh, not to want us to have the evidence that this is occurring. Just like those old movies where they say this tape will self-destruct <laughs> when it's not needed. It's, it's amazing how much information Hollywood has. Um, about what happens. Well, we're coming up on another break, um, Kathleen, and um, after the break, we're going to talk about some of the work um, that the Mutual UFO um, Society does and how it actually can help uh, a person or what what a person would expect to go to a first meeting um, with your society. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The divine masters and angels of love and light are here to assist you on your life's journey. Brigitte Boyer channels St. Germain and other masters and angels every week on the power of transformation. Pathway to enlightenment. Each transformation can be frightening and uncomfortable, but it doesn't have to be done alone. Receive loving support to help you remain balanced and at peace. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Spoiler alert, a space of being may cause spontaneous laughter, extra money, ease, joy, magic showing up in your life, and outrageously orgasmic moments. Join Grace Hart live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel, where she combines her psychic abilities and the tools of access consciousness to assist you to create a totally different reality and transform your personal and professional life, including relationships and finance. I wonder what magical possibilities await you at a space of being. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are tuned in to the Awareness Marketplace. To reach Michael Daly or today's guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email 
to awarenessmarketplace at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. So welcome back um, to the Awareness Marketplace, where my special guest today is Kathleen Martin. And we're talking about UFO experiences and uh, people who have had experiences um, here on our planet. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to sound negative because I'm looking here at, it says 88% of people received um, who were, uh, have been adopted, have um, increased their telepathic and psychic and, and sensitive abilities. And I know probably that was probably what led me on my path, the experiences that I had as a child. So um, is there, is, in your opinion, Kathleen, do you think there's a, there's a, a positive about being a, an experiencer or um, having an experience? There do see, seem to be some beneficial effects. If you think about becoming more empathic, as becoming more psychic, uh, as uh, being able to uh, have the ability to be healed uh, if you have contact with these beings, to uh, sort of become spiritually uh, aware and heightened as a result of some of these experiences. So, yes, some people do uh, state that they have had very positive experiences, and uh, sometimes when people were younger, they thought they were very negative, but mm, as exactly. they aged and matured mm-hmm. and had more and more contacts, they realized that it wasn't as negative as they at first thought. However, right. there are others who continue to feel that this is entirely negative. They're traumatized by it, and, and they wish that it would stop. Right, right. And I think um, I did travel down to um, Brasilia and Brazil, and I did find a group of people who celebrated um, and uh, the different species of aliens, and they, they celebrated, you know, very um, alien, uh, alien creatures who were really talking about love and the highest vibration you can have. And they, I guess, as in all species, there's different types and I think um, maybe I've encountered different types. And uh, I, 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 the creature I, I've actually seen was um, from the Pleiadians. And um, it was amazingly beautiful, a great experience for me to, to feel that vibration with, with that rather than the experiences that I've had as a child. So maybe there's different um, species of uh, alien yes, creatures. Yes, there are. Um, and in fact, uh, we have reports of... Um, small grays, tall grays, mm-hmm. uh, reptilians, insectoid yes. types, and then mm-hmm. uh, these beautiful uh, humanoid types or human right. types that right. you've uh, had contact with as well who, mm-hmm. who just radiate love and, and a higher vibrational frequency. Yes, yes, and uh, it, it's interesting how... You know, we, we sometimes it, it's, I mean, the way, as I said, the media puts it all into one, the wacky media, it's, it's the aliens, everything is an alien. But uh, perhaps in the future, we're going to look at um, making distinctions um, there. So can you talk a little bit about what the uh, Mutual UFO Network does um, to, for a person who maybe is, because I, I know in my case, I've never been there and I'm, I'm looking to find one in my area just to kind of go and find, find out what goes on. But there's kind of a fear I guess, and then there's a there's an apathy that sets in. Oh, I I just don't want to, to to share this with other people. But can you talk about what the network does and um, how it would could support somebody who's having 
or thinks they're having or um, even can't sleep at night, having bad dreams. Uh, people who are, because I don't think we can self-diagnose ourselves on this sometimes. What exactly would a network do for somebody in that category? The Mutual UFO Network is the world's largest investigative body on uh, UFOs and contact experiences. And uh, if you are having contact experiences and you would like to speak with someone, you can go to MUFON, M-U-F-O-N dot com. And on their main page, you'll see the word uh, experiencer research team. You will see two links under that. One link is for the experiencer questionnaire. It's a 30-question questionnaire that you can fill out, and uh, it will tell you what you have in common with other experiencers who completed that questionnaire back in 2012 when Denise Stoner and I did our uh, experiencer survey. Now, uh, whether you score high or you score low, it really doesn't matter uh, because different people have different types of experiences. Mm -hmm. And if you want to talk to a non-judgmental member of the ERT, Experiencer Research Team, this will lead you to that person. Every person who completes that questionnaire will be contacted by a member of my team, and uh, we have actually two people who have doctorates in psychology, one um, medical doctor. They're all retired now. Uh, we have experiencers on the team. We have support group hosts on the team. And their job is non-judgmental listening. Mm-hmm. They're to, there to help you. Uh, to come to terms, to come to an understanding of what is occurring. And if you need a referral to a support group or you need a referral to a, a psychotherapist, a hypnotherapist who uh, works with experiencers, you will uh, be able to uh, get information from a member of the team about what we have on our short list. The Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters also has a list at their website, which is experiencer.org. So uh, MUFON.com and experiencer.org. MUFON has monthly meetings, so there might be one in your area. You'll be able to do a search on MUFON uh, under Get Involved on the uh, main menu. And it will tell you uh, who the officers are in the state that you live in. You can contact them, and they will tell you when their group is meeting. And so you can attend groups if you want. Some uh, MUFON groups have support groups. For example, Denise Stoner and I live in Florida, and we run monthly uh, MUFON meetings in the Orlando area, and we also have uh, support groups occasionally. Mm-hmm. MUFON is having an international symposium in Orlando uh, in oh. August, toward the end of August. You'll read about that on the website. And Denise is going to host two support groups for experiencers at that symposium as well. Okay. So we have a lot of different resources. We, we do the best we can to help anyone that we can help. 
Okay, thank you. And that's that's great. I think the most important word you said there was non-judgmental to me because I think, um, you know, talking and I give energy readings, I've been doing it for many years. And sometimes, you know, it's not often I, I get to look at this subject, but sometimes people just need an acknowledgement of something happening to them and being able to let it out and talk. And I think it, it's very, very important. Thank you for the work Absolutely. that the organization does because I think it, it really does, um, you know, it's a very lonely place when you've had these experiences and uh, you, you're, there's a lot of fear surrounded with uh, talking about them. And I know that personally. There absolutely uh, is. And, and shame, you know, is like, am I going to lose my job? I, I mean, I even considered talking about this subject uh, on the radio because I know some people will be listening who know me um, outside of what I do here on the radio. So, yeah, it's, it's just great to be able to have that. So thank you very much for the work you do on that. Um, You're welcome. I just want to, ask, want to ask you about, um, you know, everybody, I think the, the conversation is the government know a lot more than they actually tell us and the government cover-ups. What's, what's your... What's your um, What's your take on that, Denise? Well, what, what, or, uh, Kathleen, why do you think that the government is so protective around what it knows? The government absolutely knows more, and I've done a great deal of research into this. It, way back in 1947, uh, a group of military officers met high-ranking military officers. They put together all of their f- investigative files and they made the statement that UFOs are real, that they're uh, metallic, disc-shaped, can outfly what we have, can make sharp turns, um, and uh, a whole host of, of uh, information about what they had. And then they made the decision that this needed to be covered up. And so they removed all but two people from that team, and they uh, hired uh, psychologists who would say that uh, it was uh, a matter of uh, imperfect human perceptual ability, uh, and they hired uh, scientists who would simply dismiss it as weather phenomena. Um, you see this dichotomy in the mm-hmm. Air Force files where you have yes. scientists who have done very, very good research on um, the Air Force uh, uh, filming, films that were taken of UFOs that said that these were not birds, that in flight uh, they had highly unusual properties. And then we have uh, a team of government scientists who meet and, and dismiss it out of hand without accepting the results of the scientific teams that actually did analyze this film and say, oh, it looks like birds in flight to me, Um, and you can't prove that it's not. So you have these two things going on throughout the history of government involvement. And in 1953, uh, the CIA-funded Robertson panel met and made the decision that for national security reasons, this needed to be covered up. It's all in the files. It's in the original documents that I have. And uh, it has been a national policy, it seems, since that time. Uh, Television stations, uh, mainstream radio stations, mainstream news outlets have, uh, for the most part, covered this up. 
there have been some prominent journalists and uh, prominent scientists who have been at the forefront of the cover-up and the dissemination of false information about all of this. Right, and there must be. We must be reaching a stage now where some uh, files are declassified that we, you know, from back in the sixties, fifties, that we um, can learn more information from. Um, they're whispering in my ear again that there's another break on the way. So when we come back, we, we'll wrap up the work um, with uh, what you kind of see for the future of um, alien experiences, and and um, we'll talk a little bit more right after the break. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. The divine lives within every one of us. Some people just need help unlocking it. Once you understand your own shadow self, you can begin to take steps to say goodbye to remorse, guilt, and shame. Then, own up to living your life with great delight. Listen for Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting with host Jim Stacy. For 15 years, Jim has studied the Aramaic language, the non-religious language of Yeshua. And through that language, you can learn how to choose the life you want to live and live above smallness and the victim. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are tuned in to the Awareness Marketplace. To reach Michael Daly or today's guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to awarenessmarketplace at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back to the Awareness Marketplace, where today my special guest is Kathleen Martin. And um, Kathleen, I'd like you to go ahead and give out your own information, because we have a very short show here, and uh, it'll be ending pretty soon. And I know people are interested in your books and what you actually do, and I know you have a website, so you can go ahead and um, advertise it right now. Okay. Well, my website is Kathleen with a K, K A T H L E E N dash Marden, M A R D E N dot com. Uh, and uh, you will be able to go there. I have several articles uh, posted that I have written read. Also, uh, you can purchase autographed copies of my books uh, using PayPal. I also have a list of the upcoming events where I will be speaking um, this summer. So I'm hoping that you'll go there and, uh, and check it out. 
Great. Yeah, I'm. I, I know you're you're heading to my own country, Ireland, and uh, I'm. I'm I'll, I'll chat with you a little bit after the show on some great places you can go over there and do research and have a vacation at the same time. Um, yes. I've, I've got a couple of questions that have come in on the facts on, on, the, um, on the line here. And it, concerning, um, it says, uh, what are the health effects for implants? I, I don't know if we covered that question, but uh, are there any health uh, issues? And this is a, a female who says, is there any health issues female health issues with implants? I'm not aware of any health issues uh, with regard to implants. I, uh, I think, on the other hand, that uh, implants, one of the purposes of having an implant is to monitor the health of the human body. And I know that people report that they are taken for what appear to be upgrades and uh, some people that I've worked with have actually been healed from serious illnesses. Right. Uh, what about, I'm looking here at 64% in your study of the people who um, had experiences were female. Is there anything got to do with um, um, being able to have a baby, um, being fertile? Uh, is there any, because I know that's an issue that was asked of me uh, as a reader. Well, I have to tell you that 69% of the women who uh, participated in my study with Denise Stoner reported that they experienced gynecological problems that okay. they felt were related to alien abduction, unfortunately. Okay. And it has something to do with uh, the reported hybridization program where uh, throughout the, the past 30 or so years, maybe 40 years now, uh, women have reported that they have been implanted with these uh, genetically modified uh, fetuses in, uh, in genetically modified sacs, and the fetus is left in the human body for a short period of time, and then it is removed from the human body and placed into a gestational tank where it reaches... Uh, maturity there to the point where it can live on its own. Right, right. So the vibration is different um, from the cre- the a- alien um, than the human body. The vibrations are different um, from that there. Well, we're, we're going to be closing pretty soon. I'd like to um, ask you some questions on how do you see the whole reporting and the whole opening up of um, alien encounters change? Um, do you see it change? Is, is there any positives out there that we'll be able to talk about this on a, on a national network rather than on a satellite radio channel in the next, say, 10, 15 years? There is a movement afoot uh, run by experiences who are, uh, these individuals are, are very strong uh, have very good self-esteem, and they're stepping forward. And more and more people are stepping forward to state that they have had these experiences, even either in support groups or uh, where the information is confidential or publicly, if they can do that. Uh, the, uh, there is an organization that started in Maine. It's called uh, Starborn Support and they hold a national conference every year in Portland, Maine. It will be in August of this year. And uh, they 
address issues relating specifically to experiencers. Now, Yvonne Smith on the West Coast uh, hosts Ciro. She hosts two meetings per month for experiencers and about experiencers. She's a very well-known hypnotherapist out there. More and more people are speaking out. The Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters uh, is uh, hosting experiencer awareness groups and uh, there will be an Experiencer Awareness Day where experiencers can step forward in strength and say, this is something that is happening to us. Uh, this is not something we're imagining. We're psychologically healthy uh, individuals, but we are having these experiences and they're being ignored. We're being ridiculed uh, by the mainstream and this simply is not fair. If you go to my website at Kathleen-Marden.com, you'll read my statement about all of this. Mm-hmm. I actually, I have, I've seen it, Kathleen. That's what drew me there in the first place uh, to the interview. Um, so thank you. Um, we're, we're about to close the show in a couple of minutes. I just want to thank you for the work you do and for getting the message out um, for people who, you know, may find themselves a little bit crazy or think they're crazy, but they're actually not. And um, just I, I, I just look forward to the day, as I say, when we can have this conversation without being ridiculed or we can have the conversation with anybody experiences or not um, who um, will be able to validate our experience. Yes, I so, think this is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And I know you have, you're very busy. You have a, a book coming out in the fall and we look forward to it. Um, people in the show will look forward to it. And uh, I really have read both your books and, and from cover to cover at this stage. And I really have enjoyed the detail that you put in um, about um, experiences. So thank you for uh, thank spending you. some time with us today. We really appreciate it. It was and, my pleasure. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to you a little bit later about uh, your, your experiences this summer. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, and thank you for everybody for listening in today. Um, we will have another um, episode of the Awareness Marketplace coming up very soon. And um, until then, stay positive and we'll see you then. Walking around, coming to the sound, forget your down. Thanks for joining us for the Awareness Marketplace. Michael Daly will be here next weekend with another great guest. Tune in every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We hope you'll enjoy the coming week. Comes a time when you look around and you see the ocean waiting for Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.